It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. show today. We have a history maker on the line today. Our special guest today is Mr. Joseph Salter, A-A-B-A-M-A. He'll be beating the digital drum today. As CEO, he oversees gaming and development for entertainment arts research, one of the first African-American-owned 3D video game companies. So call in right now. Call in, listen, ask questions if you choose. The call-in number is 646-716-7994. Again, that call-in number is 646-716-7994, and the chat room is open. So come and lay in the cut, listen in, be in the chat room, listen to that live stream, network, share with us what you have to say if you have questions, just call in and press 1 if you want to speak. Otherwise, just listen in. Now, I also want to let you know that um, Mr. Salter is also a musician, an actor, video game designer. He's co-founder of the Urban Video Game Academy, president of the DeKalb County of the Arts, and that's in Atlanta, DeKalb Council of the Arts, Chairman of the Diversity Advisory Board at the International Game Developers Association and a full-time faculty member at the Art Institute of Atlanta in the field of audio production. Maybe Mr. Sultan is Jamaican, man, because he got like 10 jobs or more, man, <laughs> like so many of us busy people. 
So we are going, with no further ado, we are going to bring on our special guest, Mr. Joseph Salter. How are you today, good sir? Hey, Jacqueline, how are you doing today? It's glad to, glad to be here, and, you know, it's an honor to uh, be a part of the digital drum. All righty. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us today. So, as I stated in those questions I sent over to you, Everyone, the world wants to know, who is Joseph Salter? You know, who's the man? Where do you hail from? You know, well, what was, you know, how do you get, how did you come to this gaming tech side? And, you know, we want to know who's the man. So it's really interesting, um, you know, the man right now is uh, 65 years old. And I can bring <laughs> you back. I can bring you back to, you know, when I was going to junior high school and high school. I grew up in Port Washington, uh, Long Island. Well, the school that I went to, I think my graduating class had uh, six brothers and two sisters that graduated with us, maybe three. So it was a really uh, interesting school. It was rated uh, number seven in the country during the time that we graduated, um, you know, and naturally we graduated, or as as a as a young Afri- African American, graduated probably at the lower half of the school, but it was such a great school that it gave me a great opportunity to learn a lot of things. And one of the things that I was always a part of was was music. I started playing drums when I was in third grade and um you know wound up wound up doing pretty good for myself in terms of uh being a musician in the in the real world um uh, it was in- interesting because there were a few um of the teachers that I met along the way that really um saw the um uh, difficulty I had like in reading the difficulty I had in math but they would always help me out, and um, they, they went above and beyond to uh, make sure that, um, you know, when I came out that I'd have something that I could work with when I got into the real world. Okay. So, you know, it's, um, you know, the impact that um, growing up in poor Washington had on me was that it was, uh, you know, and this is during the, the late fifties um, and sixties and seventies. Graduated in sixty-eight, so um, it was a very um, important time for um, African American movement in the cultural uh, diaspora that we've we've come through. So Martin Luther King, the um, uh, Malcolm X as well as all of the um, the things that were going on in the South were very much a part of what we were going through um, uh, on, on Long Island and also in the universities that we went to. I went to um, New York Institute of Technology. Okay. You know, so, um, you know, you want to, uh, my um, uh, very interesting family that I came out of, my mom um, worked for Publishers Clearinghouse, and my mom 
Actually, I just left her last week. She's a hundred. Will be a hundred and one. Wow! And it's amazing. It is the most amazing uh, experiences to speak to someone who has their 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 own great faculties and can tell you things about yourself that you didn't even know. And um, you know, so it just just somebody that age. Every day, it's the first call that I make, and it's the best call of my day. Because, you know, you could call mom and say, Mom, things are going good, things are going bad, things are going. They've never been this bad before. And she'll say, oh, yes, they have. And she'll take you right (laughs) back to the that things, things, the things that you've learned and things that you're doing. So um, uh, it's very, that's uh, very uh, uh, a great thing for me to have my mom still. uh, it's It's a blessing uh every day uh i'm currently married to charlene salter and right. she's been retired for um three years from xerox management um and um we're just enjoying uh her being around a lot more than she was ever before Great. you know so family's got nine grandkids um yeah. and uh you know, and and family and 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 all the kids are doing relatively well, and you know, just um, just just good citizens. You know, you always want your kid to be doctors and lawyers and things like that, but just to be a good citizen now is a is is a healthy uh, family environment. Yes, yes. So. Um... Well, before we go on, because I want to ask you, how did you, you know, move from music and one who was challenged with reading and math to finding a video gaming company and being a <laughs> game designer? So, um, but we do have a call on the line from the 301 who wants to speak. Hello. Hello, Joseph, your brother in, your brother in crime, Roderick. Hey, Roderick, how are you doing today? Very good, Joe. Uh, delighted to participate in the call this evening, and uh, congratulations again for your recognition. You've contributed so Thank much, you very much, so much Let to the, you. so much to diversity in video game design, and you know your leadership and influence is uh, always going to stand as something stellar in the community. Thank you very much, Roger. Roger and I are the co-founders of the Urban video game academy oh okay and we've been working for the last 12 plus years to bring game design and development to high-risk students across the country and um just just working on the initiative that you know if you show somebody what 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 we know works um they get it a lot of the students get it Roderick, you might want to say something about the, you know, Urban Video Game Academy as well as the, um, uh, the, the stuff that you're currently doing. Well, I remember 10 years ago, Joe, uh, in Silver Spring when we did our workshop for video game design and invited the top folks in the country of color, you among them, along with Nicole Bradford, um, <coughs> Kevin Brown, um, Mike, uh, uh, I'm getting old, Joe. Can't remember all the names, but uh, certainly what came out of that 
<clears throat> was our initiative and and realization that we, as a result of not making them, we weren't making a difference, and we certainly weren't telling our stories. So, you know, without belaboring that, uh, it formed an impetus for UVGA, and we've been doing UVGA in the Mid-Atlantic and, of course, in your neck of the woods down there in Hot Atlanta and making a difference. And uh, uh, it's nice to just make a contribution um, as as I go through this third iteration of a career. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But... uh, but please go ahead, Joe. I mean, uh, the Erie story is 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 uh, um, quite a story, and uh, you're the captain of that ship. So, so you know what's really interesting is that without the support of the brothers who have been a part of my life for the last, you know, the last 25 years, although it's a 60 year, um, 60 plus year um, thing, is what we got to remember is that. Uh, guys like Roderick and I, we're, we're really just holding open the door. We're holding up the garage door long enough so we can get folks underneath, so we can present them with a great opportunity in the game design and development arena. Um, what you what you see and you're you're playing is something that you can participate in and become a part of this whole creative, um, interconnected and interactive entertainment universe. Um, the tools that are that are used uh, 10 years ago to make a game, it's much easier now to use those tools. They've become perfected. Things are working that weren't working before, and we watched as they became perfected to the point where, you know, game design and development now with um, some of the things that we're doing, we're going into junior high schools and high schools and, you know, teaching uh, game design and development to, um, you know, so it's like people can learn it. And then the other part of it is that the creativity that we have as a community is something that hasn't been brought to light inside of a game. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I think um, there's a lot of opportunities, opportunity for things to happen in game, and um, that, and some of it may be, but of course, our awareness of it, or you know, a lot of times people do things, but us getting it from just our idea to market or directly to the people, it's always been our challenge, from music yeah. to. Um, to game design, because I know some, you know, people you meet, and they have these great creative things, but, and even including books. I used to sell books, and um, back in the 90s, you know, we had more active bookstores than what's going on now, and mm-hmm. the I used to sell black books, dynamic books in a bookstore. I mean, in every subject. It's not just black. They just happen to be either um, they were by black authors or culturally, you know, related, or they just buy black authors. So from everything from whether you're teaching math to, you know, um, sociopolitical, you know, satire, you know, whatever it could be, anything that can be written, a black person had written it, games, everything. 
But yet when you go to the school and the, your children had the, you know, the reading program and the reading club and all comes by and they go there to buy books, none of that thing, none of those things existed. Right. Right. Well, you know, we, you you we, didn't wouldn't you wouldn't find those games, those books, or anything in that arena. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where, um, you know, this is just where I feel, you know, a, 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 the gap exists. Right. Well, there's you know there's there's a huge gap in in understanding the knowledge. You know, if knowledge is what we are seeking, then um, we need to at least understand an area of opportunity. You can't just go into game de- development and say, I'm, oh, I'm a gamer, so now I'm going to be a game developer. There's a learning curve that, that you have to uh, go through. However, but because you are a player, somebody who does play the games, you have as much of a sensibility as anybody else who can go into a company and get a get a job as a a game tester. So, you know, we don't even look at the fact that, you know, if you like to play games, um, you can get a job in the game industry as a as a game tester, you know, and it's very interesting to watch those game testers wind up become game producers after a term of a career inside uh, of the game development arena. And gaming has changed drastically over the last 12 years. I'm the chairman of the International Game Developers um, Diversity Advisory Board, and I've been given a roundtable at the Game Developers Conference for the last 12 years um, uh, where you become a part of the total picture of what games are, and you realize that you know, the guys there are just guys that are working towards, um, you know, towards their career and, and, and making things happen. So it would be great to see a lot more African Americans, which there are in the game industry now than there were back then, but where we make a difference uh, and, and become a part of something that is, you know, is, 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 is huge out here. Yeah. Now, um, so... How did you even get into the gaming industry? Uh, okay, game so I'm a, mu- I'm a musician. I'm, um, I've, yes. I'm a drummer, and I play keyboard and write. And um, since I was uh, in third grade, I've been a drummer, um, and I played through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And matter of fact, I just played today at my church. So um, I've been playing for the last 40, 45, 50 years, um, playing drums. And um, music was always a part of my life. It was, you know, you play too long, it becomes a a real part of your life. So New York was the type of place where you could be a good enough drummer to do. I did shows like Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm -hmm. I wrote the drum book for The Magic Show with Doug Henning, um, you know, so I did a lot of Broadway stuff, a lot of off-Broadway stuff, and all all through that was playing with all the different companies that come through um, uh, through New York with dancers and singers, and, you know, so I had a, uh, an incredible lifetime of, uh, of playing music and recording um, in New York. 
So that was that was a very interesting part of life uh, to, uh, you know, got um, uh, a Tony Award for the part that we pl- I played in, in um, I Love My Wife with the Smothers Brothers. And, okay. um, you know, that was... That that was another part of my life, but it's a, a very important part of my life. And all during the time that we were doing recordings throughout New York and through uh, around the country, um, uh, every studio had games in it. You know, I can remember when the first Pac-Man came into the the the, the studio. You know, and um, what I saw was I saw that a CD for uh, music was going down from $15 down to $5 or $3 to 99 cents. And I saw that the game, the same thing that that, that distrib- distributed um, for the game on a CD was going up to 45 to $50. So um, during that period of time, um, I was actually teaching... Um, teaching at um, American Intercontinental University where I, I developed and designed and implemented their uh, their game design and development program. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, I, I was studying quite a bit about what's going on in the game world, um, and I got an opportunity to put a game studio together here in Atlanta, um, and then wound up getting hired by the school and 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 you know being the dean of the um, game design and development department, where I really got um, uh, started understanding what was going on in the game arena in terms of design, programming, implementation, and um, you know just the the career that it would offer. Um, that that was that was very interesting. So. Um, I started my company while I was teaching at American Intercontinental University, um, actually a little bit before that, um, and uh, and wound up, you know, being able to turn the company into a public entity, Entertainment Arts Research, Inc., as a public entity. So it was it's very interesting, very interesting to run that type of company and to see all of the things that you know um have happened um, um through through the game design and development because it was like I get called up to do things wondering why somebody was calling me but it was yeah. really because it was this game design and development arena that I was playing in and not a lot of other people were playing in it yeah so when there's only 2% African Americans, 2.3% Latin Americans, and, you know, 85% white um, uh, guys doing game design and development, um, you know, you kind of stand out. Um, but it's very difficult because, you know, nobody's going to stop because you're black or because you're Latin American or Caribbean to get you into the industry because they're just moving so fast as to as within their participation level of what they're doing you know so it's uh it's without the knowledge of the arena um you know it's very very difficult to you know 
to 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 move anywhere, but it's not a lot of learning to do. It's not uh you know it's not like if you are a young guy in junior high school in two or three years and you really pick up game design and development that could truly be a a, a career for you. Okay, all right. Now, um, now in the whole arena, what are all the opportunities that exist with the? Um, I know you had the game design and development, but um, are do you also benefit as a musician who creates music and getting music on games? Is that a real? Yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a good that's a very good um, very good point because I know I get a lot of calls from a lot of people who are looking to, you know, I I, I understand um, music, but I'm not a game developer, and how do I get my music in games? It's it's pretty difficult because it's about relationship with a lot yeah. of the implementation of things going on. It's if you are a musician, that means that you have music to a certain point that you can put in a library so somebody could see the or hear the type of music that you have and possibly put it in one of their games. Now, if I had a friend who was a game developer and needed music, and I could go to my friend and say, hey, let me put some of my music into your game, that might be an easier way to get in than it is now because there are a lot of musicians have transitioned from, you know, a, a lot of different areas into becoming game design um, uh, 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 composers. Okay. You know, so is, is it possible? able to put in your own music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you have to have your music to a certain point. And, and sometimes we, you know, I've been a musician a long time, man. I mean, too, mm-hmm. too long. I put in that 100,000 hours that you have to put in yeah. um, <laughs> just to get, just to say that you're a musician, you know. <laughs> so played around the world, um, and, uh, and, and a lot of people think that I can get, you know, I can pay five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, I can buy a Pro Tools setup, and then I'll be the greatest producer in the world. You know, a lot of times there's a education to that that may need to come in and if you're gifted then the gift of the of 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 the blessings of the Lord have to be on you to get your music to a certain to a certain space very difficult in music right now from when we came up um you know everybody played music it was if you weren't a drummer a keyboard player a bass player or something like that yeah. um you know, you you couldn't get on the stage with uh, you know with somebody else's record and become a star. Yeah. You know, so but music is very important in all of the areas, and what you'll find is that the music that may be an urban style of music, you may not hear that in the game. However, you might hear a lot of it in some of the games because people are looking for for music. So it's it's a kind of difficult, um, you know, area of opportunity 
but I would always say just get your music to the point where if um, other people hear it and they like it, that might be might mean something for you. Now, what I like to ask you, where do you feel the opportunity is since you, you know, you have the experience in so many areas of creating um, a catalog and licensing and being a conduit for, you know, these new game designers that are coming up and creating these new games? That's a, that's a, very, very, good, that's a very good question. What we're doing... Um, at Entertainment Arts Research is where we have um, a record library that we're working on. Um, now, a lot of the music that I'm actually taking is of uh, uh, music from friends of mine who I know have been playing for the last 30 years, you know. So uh, it has to go through, it has to go through a um, pretty stringent um, uh, uh, area to get to the point where we even, you know, it's not, I don't pick all the stuff. I've got a lot of people that are musicians that work with us, too. You know, so that's a, that's an area of opportunity. The other area of opportunity is that there are thousands of game companies out there that you can go on, uh, you, could, you could just, you could Google it, game design companies, and you could Google, and you could send your pieces of music to these folks. You would never tell whether or not they'll, you know, if they're, not, if they're not doing it, then it would be a good idea to, you know, put your best music on a tape, <clears throat> either do a scratch tape that only does like 30 seconds of, of, of your music and start sending it around to um, uh, to see if you might have a song that somebody might use in their game, you know. So it's okay. a, it, it, it is difficult, but you have to have your library together, your music together, so you can get to the point where you can present that music to um, to the audience that you uh, need to get it in front of. You know, in terms of game design and development, there's the the, the real thing about it is that there's not that many urban stories that are being told in game design and development. When you look at, you know, uh, just pull up game designs and look at the types of games that people are doing, and I don't see many African-American, Latin American faces on the cover sheet of, uh, you know, of a lot of games. And um, you know this 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 brings me to a story that that I had with uh, the International Game Developers Association was um, the head of um, games for Facebook came to the 2010 um, Blacks and Gaming event, and he said. I have millions of African Americans that I can't really give games to because I don't. The games that I get are not coming from African Americans. I would like somebody to do an African American game, give that game to me, and I will help you move it through the Facebook community. You know, so there are people that are looking for what 
we do, but we don't have that exact formula for getting to these folks. You know, when you're looking at going to the Game Developers Conference, I see a lot of African Americans there. I don't know whether all of them are in the game industry or trying to get into game industry, but that's a great place to start off at. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, like I, I'm the proposer, I'm the idea person, and I, I always look at opportunities, especially with the urban tech for, you know, our goal here is to showcase what exists within our community and to encourage collaboration. And that's why I asked about the library because, you know, we have, I know phenomenal artists, and I I have a high threshold for artists, too. I started marketing with visual artists, theater artists, and um, I work spoken word. And so I work with, you know, artistic people, people performed under Ozzy Davis and all, and up in New York where, you know, you just you had to come correct or you don't come at all. (laughs) Right, right. You know, we have this whole great pool of music, but like I said, I always find this, whether it's a nonprofit, artist, um, or just really great businesses, I always found a big gap from the art and everything existing and it being known that it's there. So that's why I said about, you know, what's the opportunity to create a library and then people with the ends being able to market it and licensing um, and then um, also what about the, um, when you were, um, just the opportunities where we, um, what's coming up this weekend is the, um, and Bitlow's having their Urban Tech Weekend. We have the Urban Tech Fair. You have BDPA. What are the opportunities for networking with the these urban events? And, you know, having a just a section for, even if it's for game developers, for game developer networking, actually, you know, actually having sessions where you come out with some kind of collaboration or piece so that you'll know rather than just attending, you could be on the forefront and know why these people are there, what are their skill levels, you know, what do they have, and be able to actually start ascertaining what's going on in the market. Yeah, that's 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 very good. So you have um, folks in the community. We have, I mean, I think we have one of the most creative communities in terms of um, uh, digital design as well as um, uh, uh, animation. We have a great community of people that work individually and they produce their wares. And they have their wares, and they go around the country doing different things. And they, some of them are doing very, very good. But we're not working collectively as an organization or as a movement. It doesn't have to mean that you have to do something that 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 is is um, uh, uh, that I'm going to take or somebody because we have we have a, a different kind of collaboration. Experience with a lot of different people. So I know most of the African American um, uh, the, the artists that I know that are the most incredible artists out of all artists are very um, uh, 
protective of their wear. Mm-hmm. And they want to, you know, a lot of them want to do it themselves and move into this this whole uh, arena. And they're moving very, uh, very exponentially. They're moving. But I think a collective movement would be something that would be um, uh, very interesting to see. There's just so much money in the game arena that the, nobody has to get greedy. You know, you don't yeah. have to get greedy. You know, the average uh, game developer, you know, I think the new one that just came out is making $83,000 a year. You know, that's that's midland. Okay. So, you know, they're making, people are making more than that. People are making less than that. Um, you have... Um, you know, uh, great areas where we can participate um, if we know about this. And then with the younger kids, I just did a – I'm working with TV One, Radio One, yes. uh, Comcast, and Turner on a program, my program called Urban Game Jam. Mm-hmm. And it started out as a collective collection of game developers doing a game, building games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turned into workshops around the country for urban kids. So my last um, thing I did, and you can go to Power to Learn or you can go to Urban Game Jam and you can pull this up. I, I did a program in Brooklyn in uh, IS-392, right in the middle of the hood, right in the middle <laughs> of the hood. I go into the um, technology room. There are 40 Apple computers, all networked, all – it was like, wait a minute, I, I could have been sitting in my at my university and not have what these kids had. Now, I'm not a proponent of going into a junior high school and uh, getting a bunch of kids to do a lot of stuff. But there's a new kid out here. So I'm I'm an older teacher. I've taught from elementary school, middle school, high school, university level. Um, but I was always kind of squirmish about junior high school kids because they're, they're just in another world. But I just did this. I went to IS... Um, um, 392, and I got a room of 35 African-American and Latin American kids, and they were the greatest kids that I've met in years. The program was incredibly, um, uh, went went well. We got the kids up and running. They were building games before they, before they left the program. But it was a different kind of kid. It was uh, a, not a needy, um, uh, uh, non-behavioral. It was very well respectable students that were able to grab hold of the mouse and very technically suave. It was a very interesting for me to see these uh, this this new group of kids because last time I had taught in junior high school had been many many years ago. <laughs> so there are um, there are students out there that if they do get and they only need a, a little p 
period of time with game design and development before they find something in there that they like. Got to remember that it's a full business. You don't have to be a programmer. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be. There's a lot of uh, areas, just like in music. You have music lawyers. You have marketing. You have all of those different things. Think of that in a huge uh, arena of game design and development. Very interesting. Very, a lot of areas of opportunity. Well, Joseph, can you hold one moment? Someone keeps calling in. I don't want them to keep dropping their call. So this caller is from the 310. Hello? Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm doing fine. This is Tonya McDonald, and I'm calling from Los Angeles. And, um,. I work with a couple of organizations, but I'm a business incubation expert, and uh, and I love what you're talking about. I don't know if you actually knew Michael Knox. Um, yeah. I'm, I wanted to know. <laughs> Are you familiar uh, um, with him? Michael Knox? Yeah. Yeah, he was the, uh-huh. Yeah, I Michael Knox. I think I do, but go, go ahead. He was he the lead developer. Yeah, he's the, he was, well, he's, he's passed away now. He passed away about three or four years ago uh, at, at the age of 48. But Michael created the first John Madden football game. He is the creator of that game. And he also created some of the other first-time uh, motion games, like the Muhammad Ali game, the uh, Batman Returns game. I mean, he was one of the first developers, and nobody knew that this was a black man doing this. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, you've heard of him, I guess. Yeah, I interviewed uh, him. I, I, I used to network with him. I've been looking for him. I'm like, what happened to Mike? I didn't know he passed on. Wow. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed him on my show. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, wow. Um, he was our chief technology officer, and um he he felt the same way that we needed to start to create more African American games, and uh, that's what our organization is extremely interested in doing. And that is exactly what you're talking about, and and that's providing a collaboration base for young technologists, young gamers, to actually come together to create this uh, this major game that can uh, help to influence uh, not only the young people in our community but others and and make it kind of a sexy, let's say, in fact, we already have. We call it the African-American Sim City. So it would be a city in our rhythm, but still it would be all about how you do business and how you do it successfully. Um, would love to talk to you further. We're in the Los Angeles area. That's great. Um, that is great. <laughs> Global Business Incubation, GBI, you can look us up. We actually ran the largest multimedia entertainment technology business incubator in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, wow, that, was during the, that was during the dot-com era, era, and that is how we ended up meeting Michael. Uh, but okay. when we were downtown, we kept trying to bring black technologists to the downtown area, and we were not able to, but we did bring one. He's in Silicon Valley now, and I know that he is going, and I'm surprised he's not on. I know that he's going to want to be a part. His name is Toby Morning, 
and uh, he is uh, he runs a a a a, a, a co-location space in San Francisco. You used to yeah, I know one. Toby. Okay, know Toby. cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, is, we're, the non- we're the nonprofit that Toby uh, works with. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, that's excellent because he's been out here and um, done a, a program in in yes. Atlanta also. Yes, I'm I'm very familiar with that. Um, you know, he's also a part of our team. Uh, we were, Excellent. you know, he he considers us to be his mentors, and um, and I so before I even get off, I have to ask, how is Jim Newsom? Because uh, I was Jim, expecting to hear. He, he's recovering. Jim is recovering. Okay. He's still around. Like you know, he's been okay. part of our conversations and everything, but he okay, is great. doing like way better than ever expected. So he mm. is um he's um recovering. He stays, you know, he, he keeps abreast of everything, stay posted. Um okay. so um he's definitely recovering okay. and pretty sure he's either listening in and, you know, he's staying monitored and so um oh, Okay, and yeah, I have one so more thing recovering. please excuse yeah. me. I have one more thing no before I get off. I don't mean to, you know. Uh but we are also working with a group in Las Vegas because Las Vegas um, says that, or at least the state of Nevada says that it wants to uh, be the year of the veterans. They want to be the state that actually does everything first and does it best for our American veterans. And so we're working with a group there to create a business incubator that will also uh, feature and showcase veterans as well as underserved companies. And we are you doing that in downtown Las Vegas? Yes. Okay, because uh, if you're doing it downtown, that's what, um, you know, they put $50 million into creating um, the um, Silicon Valley there for Las Vegas, and they're looking for businesses to come in and business incubators. That's specifically what they're looking for. All right. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> yes. okay. The gentleman who found um, it, um, go ahead. Oh, no, please, I'm sorry. The gentleman, um, um, the founder of, um, and the owner for Zappos, he's the one, Tony, I can't remember his last name, but he put $50 million into developing in Silicon Valley downtown. And a lot of people, of course, wanted to say, well, hey, you need to bring it into the neighborhood, this and that. But his whole thing is, I put fifty million into this. He's not doing anything until that is developed. So that's one of the key things that they're looking for: business incubators, and you know they're looking to attract businesses and tech businesses into downtown um, Las Vegas. Right. So they have a lot of incentives for that. That's okay. Great. Well, let, let me just tell, tell you. you not, and, uh, I'm sorry. Um, before you start talking, I just want to say that we'd love to work with you. We'd love for you to be one of our advisors for all the things that we're working on. And um, I would love to get some information to you as, you know, as time permits. Excellent. I'm yeah, um, you know, I'm you can, <laughs> you can um, I guess through, can I give you my, um, I'll give you my my um, my email. Yes, let us know how to contact you. Yeah, I've, I have two emails. One is J Salter, S A U L T E R. Wait, I'm not any place where I can write it down because I'm out okay. at a meeting. So 
So, but it'll okay, also be so, recorded. So, this will be recorded. So, Jay Salter at Jay Salter at Erie E A R I Games G A M E S dot com. Okay. Okay. Can you repeat that? Wait a minute. Wait. J Salter S A U L T E R at Erie E A R I Games G A M E S dot com. Yeah. And then my other one is a Gmail, which is Joseph J O S E P H dot Salter S A U L T E R at Gmail dot com. Okay. And this is also cool. recorded in the chat. So if you go to the Urban Tech Fair group on Facebook, you'll see the, the chat session as well. So it's recorded in the chat session as well as um so what's okay. really interesting about what you're talking about is um, I've been uh, I was invited to Jamaica by the World Bank and um, the Jamaican um, Finance as well as uh, JamPro, which is the Jamaican um, uh, business re- relations um, industry, and. Um, there I um, participated at a, play, a thing called um, Urban Jam 3.0, and it was a group of um, game design and development folks who had um, gotten together for a conference. Um, um, since then, um, October 13th and through the 15th, I'll be back as the keynote speaker for the um, Caribbean Institute of uh, Media and Communications. And that event is uh, also to build an ecology for creativity, technology, and inter, um, interactive entertainment. So there's a, there's a thing going on in our community that is um, trying to bring together the ecology of, of of what's going on in terms of game design and development, interactive entertainment, films, music, all of these things are very important yeah. to to our existence in this new world, which is not a new world because it's almost 20, 30 years old, in, in, in game design and development. And we need to participate, you know, we need to participate because there are jobs over there. There are people making money, doing game designs, marketing game design. Um, legal, um, branding, all areas of opportunity that exist are are places that we can easily take a spot in, but we don't even know about it, so we don't even participate. Joe, uh, if I could, uh, could you could you talk a little bit about the the global the global sphere out here and your your uh, not that far recent trips to China and some of the discussions that were held over there? Sure. 
sure. That's that's really good. So there's an international market for everything that African Americans are doing. There's an international market. We don't show up at con um, uh, film, and they're mm-hmm. they're they're waiting for us. We don't show up in China at some of the things. We don't show up at Dubai, but people are looking for you. They want you to participate. So over the past um, uh, seven years now, I've been in contract with the Shaolin Temple. I went to China, um, stayed there for two and a half months, even even more, getting ready to go back uh, in a couple of weeks. But um, went to China, was invited by the Chinese government to go to China. Very different than going to China. So uh, one of our one of the people that went with us got their uh, visa in one day. You can't get wow. a visa in six. You can't get a visa in six months. But because he was invited by um, China to go in, so we went into the Zenzo College of Economics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when we got there. We're in the process of doing a research and development um, for game design and development in Zenzo. They also have a um, a training system with uh, Cisco and a new um, uh, a new game design or a new interactive company that is working with them for us to build this research center. In Zenzo, um, and that's where the um, Shaolin Temple is. And we spent um, two months there, and we signed a twelve-year contract with the um, with the abbot, with the head of the. So it was almost like going to, you know, if you if you meet the Pope, you know. But this was in China and yeah. you know they they were very very um active and interactive with us in terms of um building a relationship and that's what you have to do yeah. you can't just go over there and start you know say well we're going to do this we're going to do that but we'll be doing a um IMAX 3D um movie um, called the Legend Legend of the Shaolin with the um, uh, a group called Golden Dragon and um, Jonathan Shaw from uh, the 3D arena, who was like one of the top 3D um, producers in the in in in, in inter- internationally. Oh, so wow. it's very interesting. I'm glad you said something about that, Roger, because. Um, you know, I went to the Shaolin Temple, and I go, they lead you through the, the uh, Lotus Path, and we get to the first door of the Lotus Path, and there's an African warrior. Yes. The first, uh. you see, the first thing you see when you get to yes. the Shaolin Temple, when you walk through the first door, is an African warrior 60 yes. feet tall. I have actually a research project that I have called From Siva to Sing, Discovering the African Origin of Asian Culture. You'd be surprised when you look at It's through art that I started realizing this. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, yeah. you, you you see what's going on with, 
you know, you got kids beating up Chinese guys when these guys, the the, the media will depict people in a different sensibility. Yes. But we've been we've been in China for the last fifteen hundred years. The Shang know. Dynasty is is African. The first Buddha was mm-hmm. African. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Actually, Joe, yeah. you you sent me a picture of a black Buddha. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because we don't get out of the world. We don't get out there to see all the things that are possible. So we have this limited view of of of, of people and things and 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 all that. And I think it's keeping an open mind, Roderick. What we've been having for a long time is keeping an open mind and seeing what you can see. Because mm-hmm. there are there are doors and there are veils. There, there there's some technology areas where I have walked into that totally silenced me completely. Yeah, there there you know to to your point and you know what I try to do up here is one of the things when you ask students about mythology and what what culture do they think of the the one that comes to mind is the one that they're taught and of course that's usually Greek. So yeah. they have no sense of African mythology, yeah. and and it's from our mythologies is where our stories come from because that, those are our stories, and getting kids to to engage in that and understanding that you know in African culture that the spider is the trickster, like the coyote mm-hmm. is the trickster in Native American culture, and mm-hmm. and so many wonderful stories that that are available, but we don't. You know, we got to get beyond it. We got to get beyond Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. can I just say that it just, it just sounded like he was talking about new games that need to be created, games yes, that talk that are about our heritage, uh, and games that show us winning and show us in in the light that where our young people will be very proud. But at the same time, these games are educating them. Um, There was a black game that Michael was on the board of of directors of. I don't know if he told you about that. Uh, Blacks in America, you know, was like, uh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Um, But it was a board game, and Michael wanted to turn it into a a, a video game or a, you know, an on, whatever, a a game. Um, his guardian that recently passed away a couple years ago. Um, he's out of Philadelphia, but um, Journey of the Songhai people. He did all the research and everything on the Songhai um, oh, culture wow. and everything for um, years. And um, he just passed away. I think that was just last year. But um, he had games. I- I've seen people, you know, like back in the 90s and all who had games from, you know, comedic culture and different things but like you go locally they would have a you know you go to an event they'd have that game but i've never really seen too many of these games penetrate um like one of the organizations i love to do um the east coast the black east coast comics the um black Mm -hmm. animation Um, network because there is where you see so much of this stuff realized um right I've never the been honest. a big gaming person, so I can't say I really know currently yeah. all what's on the market. But well, the year you say, it's still not there. Yeah, well, you you know, uh, you know, uh, 
there are so many opportunities now, as and, and I really think there's an opportunity in education, especially now that they're changing to Common Core standards, which is is a whole new mindset for how to teach children to critically think about subjects, um, and and gamification is a whole new area. And Joe, you you know, you and I have talked about gamification and its impact and opportunity. Uh, through 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 education. So I still think, again, while you may not see those titles in, in, in GameStop, you know, there is an opportunity for schools to purchase curriculum and or games uh, that have curriculum associated with them. Right. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's um, some interesting, be, before we get to the, just one last thing, is when we talk about education, what we found, I put together a group of researchers to um, go look at the game industry and look at the reasons why things aren't working or why things aren't really um, becoming a part of the, 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 the educational arena. And we found that with your common core, there are, there, there are many game uh, education programs that can uh, teach children how to design and develop games. However, if I were to put that same program into the Common Core um, uh, uh, curriculum, it wouldn't speak the same language as Common Core, and they wouldn't accept it. So what we're looking at doing now is actually doing a, um, a certificate program for students across the country who can get into the game design and development and learn how to uh, do this, participate with industry leaders who are going to be putting together these programs for them to finally take a, um, uh, like a Microsoft certificate program, come out with a certificate, and then be able to put their uh, wares or their portfolio up on a website where people can then um, come and see if they they see their wares, see what they're doing. So there's a whole educational component to everything that I'm talking about right now that we're looking at putting it into um, uh, into Jamaica. Uh, that's because they're closer to what what to the idea right now in terms of um, certificate programs. And um, I, I just think it's such an important area of opportunity for African-American kids. You know, we all want them to, you know, we you want your kids to be doctors and lawyers and things like that. However, I really think that there are other areas where they can participate and really, really, just the way we did in music, to become, you know, uh, uh, models in our in, in our arena. You know, I, I think there's a great area of opportunity for our children to participate. Well, I just feel also we're, um, it's just like learning coding. I just feel if they learn coding, they learn gaming, even if you go into another field, because this is, again, where gamification comes in. We're teaching through gaming. This is what I wanted to ask you, where the opportunities um, for, you know, diversity training through gamification, understanding people's culture. You know, most of the time it's always, wow. especially for teachers, 
um, who seem to are so hard to be inclined to catching on to technology who have to teach you. But, you know, a lot of times the teachers are not representative of the, you know, they're not from the culture of the majority right. of the students that they teach. Yeah. Exactly. And they've never teach, been required by they build these, yeah. <laughs> they build these yeah. great um pro departments but they're not required to ascertain right. but they may um to go and learn but yeah. is there opportunities, you know, whether it's for schools but the, for diverse you know, diversity training um through gamification. I think that's a great um opportunity yeah. to learn culture. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I ask students to name six African countries or to name ten black authors. Uh, and there's a way to gamify that so that that learning takes place. And they don't have to wait to go to a museum in D.C. to figure out who, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, Bearden is or, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. we, we, we've got a lot to do, folks. Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we have a lot to do. And, 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 and that, that's why I say, and, and, as we get older, the guys, you know, the guys that are, are punching the bag, we need we need you to come in and to say, hey, you know, let me hold the bag for you, let me take take the bag for you, sit down over there in the corner, and 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 let let's let's see how we can collectively hit this bag so we can um, get through the door. I I don't think there's a door that we can't open in the game industry to get anybody. Who uh, who needs to move forward with anything that they're doing creative creatively? I think mm-hmm. we can do it in the game industry, and that's a heavy statement to say. Yes. Now, um, my next question is: How can we best support you? I mean, what do you feel? You know, give us a call to action. We want to know what can well, we do. There are plenty of us that are willing to do, but we just need to know. You know what can we do? Do we support right. the, well, I think uh, the academy doing, or? Well, I think what um, what is going on over that um, uh, the urban tech is an incredible thing. We did have that one meeting where all of the guys got yeah. together and um, you know participated and really really were able to you know. This is not about Joe Salter. This first forget forget individuals. It's not about us as individuals. It's a, about us as a community being able to participate in a world of um, opportunity. So we we yeah. we we got to get the head strong out of it. Yeah. Well, you that's know, that, great. That's now, I do want to let you know, Joseph, we have a follow-up. I've scheduled a follow-up um, on December 1st. This is mm-hmm. um, a Google Hangout, and we're calling Flip a Tech. And we're going to have mm-hmm. people come on ahead of black investment vehicles, investing in tech startups, and this is another good time for us to come together again. And I want to kind of build up a, you know, a plan to that since it's the holiday season. If you want to give something, you know, donate something to a tech. Maybe if they could don't, you know, you think if you ask people, can you donate for a, um, a youth to be certified? Can you donate for them to be a part of this? If we could come up with something 
that people can do to help out during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. know, when they're looking at planning their investments, even if, okay, well, we're going to do this and next year I'm planning or I put so much money, we want to, you know, show them how they can best, you know, invest in us, where they can, you know, right. get a return. Right. So that's December right. well, the think, first. Okay. Well, I think I think there's a couple of things. Is there's there's um, there are a lot of African American investors, and there are a lot of African American um, uh, uh, high wealth people who I think if they even knew that there was an area of opportunity that they could participate in, I don't think they would. They they would shy away from it. I think they would be trying to find out more information um, about it. You know, you've got companies, you've got you've got games like look at Minecraft, two point five million dollars bought by um, uh, Microsoft last week. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have some incredible stuff going on that we're not participating in because of the lack of, not not necessarily the lack of knowledge, but the lack of actually getting together to to, to put the knowledge together to have understanding. Yeah. Yes. Well, you'll, well, you'll whatever be sending you information can give out us, on we're December looking to, to shape it and we, you know, whatever we can bring us together you know, with a specific call to action because the one thing I can see about most of the people that participate with the Urban Tech Fair, they have a love for our community and a drive to make it better, and they're serious mm-hmm. about it. So <laughs> Right, right. I mean, there's some very, I mean, the guys that were on the line were, like, incredible. I was honored to just, just be, you know, just to, just to be on the line. And they have... Um, you, you know they're doing things. They're. Um, I, I just think there's a point of saturation that needs to happen so people can see what they're doing, mm-hmm. what we're doing. What is there? Is there a call of action for everybody to participate in? You know, um, and those are the things that that are quite interesting to me at the point that we're at right now because, you know, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult to run a business. It's difficult to become become a part of, you know, all the things that we're talking about. However, if we don't get on board, yeah. we'll never get on board. And there's one more thing I'd like to tell you about. There's a man named Jerry Lawson. Mm-hmm. who was, uh, in 1972, he implemented, he planned, he designed, he programmed. He had a group of 35 um, uh, uh, programmers, um, and he also was in the homebrew with um, um, Bill Gates and Wozniak and um, uh, Nolan Bushnell, and he was a black man. We honored him at the in 2010 uh, game design and development um, at the um, International Game De- Developers Association Diversity Advisory Board, and his name is Jerry Lawson, 
And mm-hmm. if anybody can ever do any research on this this gentleman, it would be um, uh, uh, an amazing um, uh, feat that he did in 1972. And we honored him um, in 2011. And six weeks after we gave him the honor, he passed away. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was. The me meeting him in the game industry was like, wait a minute, I belong. We all belong. We belong mm-hmm. in this, industry. and we belong as participants who can participate in, and make um, the same types of games and the same things that everybody has out here. You know, independent game developers as well as uh, corporate uh, developers. Alrighty. So, um. I just got a couple little bit more questions. What are the opportunities for um, programs that maybe after-school programs could connect into for teaching gaming? A lot of these after-school programs, if they have some relevant, I know some of teaching coding, um, but are there opportunities for them to teach gaming? Can they plug in somewhere? I have an after-school program. Is there a place that I can go to plug in so that I can, you know, teach gaming? In my after-school program. Yeah, there, there's uh, what we're we're doing right now, and we're doing with the um, uh, the folks over in Jamaica, is all of the um, content to do the certificate program will be mm-hmm. a, will be online, so you can you'll be able to go online and to do some training as well as just get just get the general knowledge out that um, for after-school programs. I know Roderick has a great, incredible program that, that he's... Yeah, we, we do a program here in the Mid-Atlantic, but, you know, yeah. um, uh, have have plane ticket, we'll travel. Uh, we are okay, doing a lot great. of train-the-trainer um, because the the difficult thing with a great idea is to try and scale it up to meet the needs. When Joseph, uh, uh, myself, and Mario Armstrong first started the Urban Video Game Academy, uh, once we did our press release from E3, we had over 300 inquiries um, domestically and internationally about the program. Uh, We have here in this area focused on charter schools uh, just because we like the ability to get paid um, for our time in the classroom. But that said... Uh, year to put forth this program, and we've been doing this program for charter schools in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. for the last eight years, uh, but uh, we've not had the ability to, to get the to get an LMS built, if you will, uh, for online training, but we certainly, uh, uh, we do we do volunteer workshops throughout the year, throughout the, the whole DMV here, um, trying to at least get children on the ground floor, at least get them running. One of the obstacles, of course, you we used to run into is that the infrastructures couldn't necessarily support you know, the programs that we would want to present. You can't run Maya. You can't run Maya on, 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 on the ThinkPad 3s. Um, uh, so, but we've done enough to understand just what to meet, try to meet these folks where they are with what they've got, because mm-hmm. uh, coding doesn't take a whole lot. But there's some basic stuff, 
And if you know, if we can get kids to understand what a polygon is, if we can get them to understand that games are just computational geometry, um, mm-hmm. we can make some headway. Absolutely. So how do we Absolutely. get in touch? Um, Roderick, first, what's your last name? Woodruff is my last name, and org is the website. Um, and you can get in touch with me at rwoodruff, two O's, two F's, at org. Um, UVGA? Yes, Urban Video Game Academy dot org. Yes. Okay, great. So, um, great. In this way, um, yeah, I just, you know, I feel it's just time for us to get started. Um, I know our educational system in the public schools, for most part in urban cities, stink. <laughs> It's yeah, well, so, you're not going to no. get you're you're not going to get you're you're not going to get these kind of programs, you know. And these these programs do exist. These schools, there are some schools here in Atlanta that are like off the chain, but they're not in downtown Atlanta. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. See, yeah. See, this is, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. That we have to, you know, we had to start stop looking for everybody else to do things for us. There are things we can do ourselves. Certainly. If I had, um, like, my grandson, he was a problem child when he was younger, but I knew that the school system was not working for him. I just had to take him out because, you know, not that he didn't have his problem, but what they were, I mean, it was a a joke. They passed him in the sixth grade, fifth, uh, sixth grade just because. Because mm-hmm. they had a number, and not that he earned anything, learned anything, and then some of the curriculum, he actually had a math. They they added more steps to get to the end of a problem. I actually went yeah. to talk to the teacher because I'm a math geek now, <laughs> you know. So some things you may not know. You get older, you don't keep up with. But I'm a math geek. Now math is to simplify. Who adds in additional steps? And yeah. so it just like totally contradicted what I was teaching him, how to simplify and how to think logically to this illogical way of thinking. Yeah. And, right, um, right. But this is where we have to, the ability to homeschool, to go online, to learn, even if we have to form collectives within the community. Like, I may be good at math. Um, my sister-in-law is great at arts and crafts, and so-and-so is good at this. If you have to do a collective of women in the community, come together, get a few kids, and homeschool them, whatever, by any means necessary, is Malcolm. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm yeah. all about that sister power. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. You know, and of but course, these if are you, great if, things that we have yeah. access to. So if our after-school programs, like, hey, instead of in these day, instead of having these people sitting around watching TV, teaching this same old tired curriculum that's not working in the regular schools, let's get innovative. What yeah, can we give I mean, a value that excites yes, our indeed. children, teaches them, and teaches them how to think? Yeah. I mean, I even had a situation this summer or in the spring where the kids did not have access to computers. So now, what do you? How do you teach game design or or technology without a computer? Well, you have the kids work on discovering what an algorithm is, mm-hmm. and you can do that as simple as how how many how many steps does it take you to get to school every day, from waking yeah. up to walking in the door? 
because, in mm-hmm. fact, that's an algorithm. And how yeah. could you do it more efficiently? So we've got to use mother wit in some of this. Uh, and Joe, and I know you, you can relate to that. And teaching them that, they'll come up with a way to get a computer. Them kids of course. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly. We we had a situation where working with somebody in the game development arena, um, one of the one of the lawyers had actually gone into one of the companies that was closing down and had got us, like, all of the computers. We could have gotten all the computers. They had to wipe, the, wipe them clean. But mm-hmm. we didn't have the funds to go up and transfer the equipment in time to get the equipment down here to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So there are companies that will assist and will help and will, you know, they're looking for, you know, this diverse child to come up with a game that can be the new, you know, um, Flappy Bird, you know. (laughs) But (laughs) but But those things are like, you know, those are like diamonds in the rough when you talk about game design and game development. So it just for somebody to learn, just to have it as another thing for them to do, because I know the students that we teach wind up being very interested, if not anything, with the skills that they learn because they're not doing what they normally do on a computer. Yeah. Well, you know, we there are... Someone asked earlier, uh, what were the career opportunities, Joe? And I think I shared with you some time back, there are about 109 different career paths that come out of come out of the craft, that come out of video game design and programming. Mm-hmm. And they're all transferable to this big STEM sphere that we have. But I, I, I challenge people not to get stuck on STEM. Uh, we, you yes, know, it's it's kind of like the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the lingua franca now, but don't get stuck on STEM. I, we need idea people. We need people who can do the coding, but we also need people who are per- persuasive enough to go out and do the marketing and the publicity and the publishing. You know, uh, we've got to tell our stories, but Sony may not be looking for our stories. So then, what do we do? You know, we, we've got to we've got to have these alternate channels, and and it comes from the collective. I, I, I really I really sign on for that. I like the idea of that. And it's not about who's going to become, you know, a gazillionaire. That's not what this can be about. Because the Steve Jobs of the world, the Bill Gates of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and 100% and of zero is still zero. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, th- I think the thing is, is to, you know, be able to um, look the next black man in the eye and say, look, you have this, I have this, what can we put together? How can we lay this all out so it looks symmetrical to other people? Sure. Is it something that we can, I mean, it's very, it's, every school in the world should have this certification program so because why wouldn't I want to be in a in a, in an in a, in a industry that's going to make you know one point seven billion dollars you know making more than that? Yeah, um, I think it's a T you're thinking of there. Yeah, a trillion dollars. <laughs> um, you know, why wouldn't I want to be in an industry yeah, like this? Yeah, yeah. Why would I want to keep somebody out? You know, I mean, the yeah. music industry is going down, and this this other this 
area is growing exponentially every year. Yep. It's not going to stop. It's not like yeah. it's not like it's going to learn over the next three years. I'm going to learn something that I can't participate in um, it's later grow. on. It's going to grow. When you look you at know, virtual reality. Our... Oh, yeah. <laughs> virtual it's, platforms. It's, yeah, they, another, I mean, they've been uh, yeah, growing. Another, That's like yeah. a whole other world. But yeah, all the holodeck. Applies. The holodeck is going to become real. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and if you can do video is, game design, you can move into that, correct? Right. Yeah. You could. You you know, there's so many other areas that you can go in once you learn the skills. But you, you, and the one thing that I know with some of the students that we've taught is that they've totally tra- changed their their lives in terms of being able to participate in 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 something. They know that they have something that they can participate in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I did want to share with everyone, when you talk about organization, is a, is a new resource, but if, you're organ, if you have organizations looking at getting funding or needs and things, um, a young guy, um, one, um, he's established a platform for crowdsourcing. It's also crowdfunding, but the main component of it is the crowdsourcing, helping organizations mobilize and gather communities together in order to do the fundraising. So, you know, a lot of times people just think, oh, I'll go out and do a crowdfunding, but they haven't yet organized their their base. So it's called UNI, U-N-I-F-I-V-E. So, U-N-I-F-I-V-E, UNI5.com. And five spelled out, UNI5.com. And it's a great place to go, um, and tell your organizations to, you know, to go there now, join, and start mobilizing your community. So when you are ready to fundraise, <coughs> you have the people in place, you have your volunteers. Yeah, just, that's, you know. that's so important. That's so important because so everybody, I, I get a lot of folks who call me up about um, funding. I, I had an opportunity at the Game Developers Conference um, to meet with um, a group. Um, it was 20... 2020. It was 20-year-old scotch from 12 years to 20 years, and it was you bring one bottle and you can come to this, participate in this gig. In that gig, there were all the CEOs, the head people of the game industries, all of them and had an opportunity to sit down with them just like, you know, just like I'm, we're talking right now and, mm-hmm. and had credible, incredible ideas for, you know, the guy that just just made um, the, the $12 million on the uh, Kickstarter and they're mm-hmm. sitting next to me with the guy on the other side. And, and it, was, it was, you know, the first thing that they said was this, is when you're talking about crowd funding, you have to have a crowd. Crowd. That's yeah. what people don't get. And it they, was so They show their hand so when you go out there and you don't, you might even yep, have a crowd, but hand, you don't inform don't people. Yep. Yeah. Some of these people so do. I mean, one of our people we work, she's dynamic, wonderful. And she has a following, but she just out the blue came up with a crowdfunding. I'm like, wow, why didn't you inform us? I was like, honey, take it down. 
Just yeah. take it down because you are not getting nowhere near your goal, and it's making it seem as though you don't have a following when you do. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. haven't didn't let us know. You just one day on the internet and boom, somebody you work with every day has this yeah. big idea, and it's like I never heard about it. Yeah, right. I mean it's gotten so it's gotten so require it's almost a requirement now. So I'm glad you brought that up. In the publishing end, uh, uh, Joe, as you know, you know, publishing has been a little bit of my family. But right. nowadays, if you don't have 50,000 likes on Facebook, publishers are not interested in you. Right. That's true. Right. When I work with small right. authors, the first things I tell them to do, because sometimes they got their mouth stuck out, I say, well, the first thing we got to do we got to start touring, get on the ground, and convince these books, stores to carry your books, which means yeah. we have to bring people to their establishment. That's the yeah. first thing you're going to have to do, and it may take you a year or so to get that done right. to get enough people because it's not so much what you're doing online. If a bookstore wants to, you need to be able to, somebody needs to be willing to carry your book. Yeah. And yeah, you have I mean, to be able to drive traffic. I said it's just like exactly. a distribution, a record deal with a distribution deal. I remember right. when artists used to tell me, "I got this distribution deal, but they ain't do nothing for me." You, I'm like, <laughs> "Well, you didn't do anything, you know." Yeah. And now they yeah. won't give you a distribution deal unless you got at least twenty five thousand dollars in the marketing budget. You don't get yeah, exactly. That's coming out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, yeah. They, why are we going to distribute something you don't have no way to market it? Yeah, yeah. So, it's a whole new it's a whole new game out there. Yeah, whole yeah. Really so is. um so I've actually it's it's a client of mine I do marketing is what I do. <laughs> That's my, my thing. I do marketing but actually someone reached out to me and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so needed and yeah. um for us to um get smarter before we okay, actually but Joe, attempt to Joe, let me it. ask Joe, are you are is Erie going to also be a publisher? Yeah, we're 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 okay, doing Okay, so you will you will you will you will take proposals? <laughs> yeah, we'll take proposals. We're we're in the process of restructuring right now and we're doing a couple of things that is um you know, business business suave stuff that's um mm-hmm. that needs to be done for a public uh, com- company. Um and we're doing some acquisitions that we'll be um completing hopefully within the next uh before the the first of the year, and then, um, uh, but yeah, the publishing is very important in terms of game design because you might have, uh, and and well, let me just tell you this: I am getting some incredible ideas from folks that need their wares published. Mm-hmm. So there are people out here, African Americans, Latin Americans, who have some incredible stories that they're trying to tell, however, they don't have the money to participate in the game area where it's, 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 it's expensive. It's not, no, nowhere near as expensive as it used to be. But what is that cost? That's actually one of the questions I had for you early on, the conversation. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. It, depends on, it, it, or it really depends on the type of game that you are uh, trying to do is it a 2D game? Is it a 3D game? Is mm-hmm. you know there, is it a role playing game? Is how does the game? What are the assets that need to go in the game? Is it is it like a Flappy Bird that's that 
that's something that we've all seen, but just happened to do an incredible, you know, intake. There's a lot of things that go into. Um, well, what is the minimum you of, need to, to really enter the field to to, I mean, to create a game and be able to get it to the market? What's the minimum you need? Uh, see that that's every game is different, so you can say a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars on up. But you know, you can also say that there are kids that are doing games that that are that are putting them out and they don't spend any money on them. Okay. The tools that they that they are able to use are tools that they use for their, you know, for, to, to to design and develop, you know, their game. And they can, okay. you know, get it on the uh, in the Apple Store. We have a game. Let me just tell you what we what we've done is I have a um, an application called Daily App Dream, and what it does is it gives you a free game paid game every day. So if you would go to the Apple Store and you've got a game that costs 6.99 for one day on my application Daily App Dream, you can get that game. So every day we get between in a month we get between 300 and 500,000 hits. Okay, so, so it's it does, only available on the Apple Store. It's available on yeah. It's on only it's a, it's it's not Android yet. We're doing Android. Okay. Won't be out till the front the first of the year. Okay, um, so that's one right thing now, we can do. One way we can support you is to, uh, go to the Apple Store and get the Daily App Dream. Yeah, go to app go go to um, the Apple Store mm-hmm. and just put Daily App Dream. Mm-hmm. Download Daily App Dream into your into your phone, and what the application will do is give you a free game um, every day. It calls out to you, "Hey, come to the, in in three hours, a new game will be available to you." And what it does is it gives you a bunch of games, um, uh, real interesting, new, uh, all fresh. Uh, games every day, so mm-hmm. that's something. So what we do is we work with the independent game developer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got three thousand independent game developers uh, with a with in our queue. We got you know five hundred games in our queue that people want to put up on on our site because after that one day, because we're a small boutique. After that one day, they get a um, on Apple Store. They'll get a hit, maybe twenty, thirty thousand uh, hits that day. Mhm. And it brings their rating up. Yeah, great. You know, so if you have, and if there are African American developers that have a game that's on Apple, you know, then um, get in contact with us over at Daily App Dream. And um, you know we can we can do that. So what what winds up happening is most of the developers that um, use the site, and it's free, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have featured apps that they'll come back and say, we really like what you did. Um, uh, how can we participate in this? And then it's you know you can pay 
500 to uh, to $10,000 for featured on Daily App Dream. You know, and that's all that's all free that that's all being uh updated now and we're in the process now of um of uh uh going Android with that. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, and we've only just touched touched the surface. So we're, we know we're going to have to do a series. So now the one thing I am asking you, Joseph and Roderick, as we build this Urban Tech Fair, we're going to be looking to launch Urban Tech Fairs in individual cities beginning April of 2015. All right. I would like, I mean, we already have a track for gaming. But right now, I would really love for you guys to define that track. So all the opportunities, we will be doing three-day intensives under Virtual Expo. And then um, on the ground, any activities or different seminars or workshops that can be held in different cities on um, on the whole gaming, on the industry, everywhere from you know being a developer, learning it, um marketing it you know collab- you know everywhere gamification all the different areas so mm-hmm. that um we have a more a holistic you know um interaction because people we come into it may be on different levels but i want to look at the industry holistically so that you know we're not just getting this one side and we're you know negligent about what's on the other side but if you guys could really help with that, um love to give you some input and love to have yeah. have a have a participation here in D M V. Um Right, great. So um yeah, we just you know, we'll work with that. I you know, you guys structure it, you'll be the you know, we'll make you the sponsors of it, you get the benefits from that, um, you know, wherever we could drive, you know, um this that just would be really great. So this way we'll know that we have um, industry experts actually, you know, shaping that track. So because we want to make sure we're presenting relevant information. Because like you yes. said, everybody's so STEM heavy, and you're trying to <laughs> now. Because now you're saying don't get stuck on STEM, which I always felt like you know whenever you get too overboard, and we had that tendency. We, they do it in music all the time. My God, if you hear another top forty song again, you'll like die. You know. Yeah. You don't even, like, want to listen because they just run everything so far in the ground. And then as I talk about, they say STEM, STEM, STEM. But one of the things I want to do the Urban Tech Fair is, and this is where gaming thing helps, what does STEM mean? You know, if we can't see it in our mind's eye, we can't make it a reality. Yeah. So, you know, how do you create a visual representation of what you actually mean by STEM? And, you know, we need to go focus on STEM. We need to focus on science. What, do I just need to learn biology? I mean, what you know, what is the real application for that so that we're putting this in the minds of our, not just our youth, but the parents. If You know, if we don't right. educate the parents in the community, they can't support the youth. So um, we just need to be a little bit more, um, you know, realistic and real when we're reaching out and when we're talking to especially right. the everyday people person. 
Well, I think that uh, this has been a great opportunity, uh, Jacqueline. This is, um, you know, and what you guys are doing over at the uh, Urban uh, Urban Tech is um, is is incredible. Just getting the right people together to discuss and and have a conversation about the necessary things to move forward because we don't want to get left out of this whole creative arena that that um game design as well as interactive entertainment and music and films and all of these things we want to be able to participate you know yeah. so um, yeah and i really thank you again um joe always wonderful to talk to you hey and, Roger, um, thank you so uh, much I, I am glad uh to meet the two ladies on the call make sure that I, you know that we have contact information from you. Uh, at least, uh, hopefully, if you got my email address. If yeah. not, uh, um, certainly uh, give it to Joe, and I can get back to you. Now I do have again. Everything is in the chat room, which will so which will all be recorded. This show will be available on demand ten minutes after we close out. It'll be available on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. MasterGrioRadio.com and of course at UrbanTechFair.org. Okay. So um, and please give Jim our best. Yes. 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 <laughs> please, please give Jim my best. And and um, gentlemen, it was extremely nice meeting you. And um, I always get your emails. And um, uh, Jackie, your name oh, is you Jackie. Do great. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I was, <laughs> okay, so I always give me your, your email, name so, so I can you. make sure that I forward to you those two emails because I know you were saying you're okay. not in a place to write. Right. This is this is Tonya. You spell my name T O N I A. Yeah. Mc, yeah, McDonald. Okay, Tonya McDonald. Okay, okay. Right. and and my my email is G B I number one. Okay. At S B C Global. Dot net, and you you guys were talking about a structure. You're talking about a lot of things, and I didn't just I didn't want to butt in because you know you were having such a great conversation. But um, our incubation model is really about infrastructure, and when you were talking about publishing, and you're talking about really all the things that uh, a company needs in order to succeed. Our model was actually based on that. So we have what we call a 10 cluster or 10 smart team model that's like a a corporate infrastructure. Um, And so it's really about each group and each organization and each business, you know, kind of joining in to the incubator as their own business and, uh, and doing things virtually but doing them as teams to go after funds collaboratively. So, you know, I'm listening to all the things that you guys are talking about, and these are all the things that I'm very, very aware of. And so it's, like, so wonderful to hear real experts who are willing to let our community understand and know what's going on and what path we should be taking. And believe me, out here in California, and I'm originally from Chicago, so all right. Chicago keeps everything. Outside, can you give your can you give your email one more time? Sure, GBI Girl Boy Global Business Incubation. So it's GBI, and then number one, just the one at mm-hmm. SBCGlobal.net. 
Okay. Great. I want to send I want to send um, our current uh, uh, historical package on the Urban Video Game Academy, at least up here in the DMV, to you. And of course. Uh, so that, we want to so do everything that you will, that you're doing so in LA you will, and Las Vegas. Yeah, so <laughs> that you will you will have a sense of of of, of where we stand and, and and what our history in this market has been. Okay. Well, you can look my name up on LinkedIn. You can look you can look up Global Business Incubation. Uh, we're on Facebook too, and okay. Global Business Incubation, and then GBI. Uh, but we understand collaboration, and um, everybody that is on and. And I'm one of uh, uh, the biggest supporters of urban tech. Um, and I know Jim, for, I've known him for many years, and I think what he's been doing and continues to do is absolutely amazing. So yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, really connecting with everybody here. Okay. Okay. Well, that I will definitely great. send out an email that gives each other, gives all of us, you know, the email so everyone can make sure everyone connects. And yeah. um, what we always Jackie, do Jackie, if here, you can do that, that would be wonderful because I don't have your email either. <laughs> okay, great. I, I, I will do that. Like, like within okay. five minutes after we're off, I'll send out an email. So just okay. as we close out, um, i just like ask everyone to visit www.urbantechfair.org. If you're not on our list, just click on Join, get on the list so you can stay informed about all the good things coming up. And... Um, you know, that's all. You know, just come over to urbantechfair.org. You can find us on all types of social media, but join to be part of the conversations because we will be hosting the Digital Drummers every other Sunday, and we will be hosting two what we call our Solution Cast. So our video hangouts are all solution focused, and we'll be hosting two of those a month as we lead up to April, where we're actually physically launching cities. Um. And I like to say, everyone, have um, you know, stay open. Um, you will receive and have a great week. And to everyone else, we are going to start with Tonya, then we're going to move to Roderick, and we're going to end with you, Joseph. And so to each of you, I say you have 30 seconds in the whole world listening. What do you want to share? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, I you know, don't put me on the spot. This is, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to do as a community. And um, when you talk about passion, my passion is all about the revitalization of our inner city communities. And we have to do it with the new rules and the new tools and the new technology that is out here. Especially, we have to do it through games. And this is Tonya McDonald with Global Business Incubation, GBI. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great, Roderick. This is, yeah, this is Roderick Woodruff, uh, Urban Video Game Academy in the DMV, uh, District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia in the Mid-Atlantic here. Uh, we are so inspired and encouraged by the efforts of the Urban Tech Fair. We are just excited about being a collaborative partner and to expand the opportunities and 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 potential is there in our communities. Um, we want to be at the head of the class. And I thank you for this opportunity and the time this evening. Wow, great. 
Ray, well, I just I just want to say this is Joe Salter, uh, Entertainment Arts Research. Um, just would like to say that um, it's so important for all of us to realize that there are opportunities out there that can um, really put your children and put you in a new dimension in terms of what's going on. And I hope that you um, uh, realize that the new arena is vast and it's a great opportunity for all of us, and we just need to collaborate. I call it collective collaboration to make for a better tomorrow. Thank you very much. All righty. Have a great day. Thank each and every one of you and all of our listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.